sound in my tones yet. People often think I'm sarcastic when I'm very genuine. I mean, I don't know if you studied sound things or if you just learned do. after doing like, from this. I think that's the only way we all learn. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're in Berlin. What? What? How do I pronounce this place? Ballhaus. Ballhaus Ost. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Um, and would you care to say who you are? Like. You can go as deep or as surface as you want. <laughs> okay, um, I'll try and keep it superficial. Uh, my name is Kareth Schaefer. I'm a dancer and choreographer. Cool. It's a cool job. It's a very cool job. Um, I'm based in Berlin, but I grew up in America and in Amsterdam. But I've been living in Berlin most of my adult life. Um, I guess that's who I am. I'm Cathy Walsh, that's my name. Um, I'm from Ireland originally and have been living in Berlin for eight years. I'm a dancer and choreographer and I suppose performance maker. I, I think the space between theatre and dance is kind of, I don't know, very similar to me. Is it big? I second that. This, the space between theatre and dance, is it big anymore? I think it's like the same thing. So like what I what I make, what I perform in, I right. could call it theatre, I could call yes. it dance. And not to say that for everybody's work I would say it's all the same. No. But I definitely work in the space that's in between. Um, I studied theatre originally and then went into dance, so maybe I feel like they're somehow very connected. Do you ever, did you study dance? I study dance. And so do you ever feel precious about people who didn't study dance, feeling like they're dancers? Not at all. Um, I studied choreography and dance and context. It's all in the name uh, here in Berlin mm-hmm. um, at the HZT. And that's a, it's a school which also has a very broad conception of what dance and choreography can and should be. So in, a, in many ways, yes, I, I studied dance. Um, yeah. But I would never say I have a classical technical dance training because I don't. Yeah. And I also studied it. I just meant I went from studying theatre into studying dance. But it was, oh, like plies and so. everything. No, actually, oh. I did a like a master's in performance, uh, contemporary dance performance, and we kind of skipped the whole ballet thing. Yeah, fair I mean, enough. we had to do plies because. If you don't bend your knees in dance, you get in trouble <laughs> really true. quickly. It's true. Or you have like one look about what you do. Um, and I, I didn't want that look. So. Um, okay, so then, can then I detract from general question structure yeah. to ask you something that I've been trying to deal with about whether dance in theatre, art, dancing... Mm-hmm. It should or could be um, operational or instrumental or whether it should be relieved of the concept that it should be doing something. Mm. You know, Again? Like, yes, supportively, and then you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, the nar- my narrowing of the eyes is actually supportive. I'm like, it's like my thinking. Oh, I see, I see. Whereas <laughs> I get a really nice nod from you. Mm. <laughs> um, can I answer? If, 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 I, okay. Yes. I think that. Um, okay, the backstory to this is that I actually am faced with this problem quite a lot. 
um, because I happen to be a member of the German leftist party. Okay, how um, far left is left in German Germany? I mean, in when you're in the space of parliamentary democracy, it's it's not. Uh, let's burn the whole damn thing down, okay. obviously, because they wouldn't get into parliament. Of course, um, but they definitely, yeah. I guess they're they're they're, they're leftists like. Australians are leftists unless, like, Americans are so-called leftists, maybe. Um, and, of course, you know, to bring about transformative social change, which I would say is a primary occupation of, of many of the leftists here in Berlin, mm. um, you know, you have to educate the masses and you have to um, fill them with the desire for social justice. And if you're not doing that, mm. then... Basically, or if you're not following an honest job, more or less, you're not working towards transformative social change. And therefore, I get met with a lot of skepticism of like, what is contemporary dance and theater? How is this contributing to the revolution? Because right, people want it to be operational. Yes. And then there comes, and my line of, of reasoning, and maybe this is also very much within a sort of leftist discourse, is of course, like, if we really want to be truly anti-capitalistic, yes. then we also have to accept the fact that there are realms of human experience that are necessarily useless. And I think that is where art comes into practice, um, is when it is not serving anything else except being useless. Um, but it's serving the world because it allows for this space of human experience that goes beyond um, the fulfillment of basic needs. Or you could say useless activity is a basic human need. Mm. But this is, of course, then dangerous to leftist discourse. But, of course, music and dance is dangerous to leftist discourse because you find it regardless of whether people have health care and basic need fulfillment yes. people still need to make music and yes. dance Yeah. so of course by its nature it's not necessarily useless but it's still a step away from okay but you know can we show that this is helping kids in schools and that like it's you know generating more tourism and yada 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 it's like it's important because it does something that nothing else does the way that it does it and I mean, so it, it is doing something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's doing itself. Like it's doing the thing it does, and it doesn't need to necessarily do anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's. I don't know if you've seen on you you've seen on Facebook like a lot of people, especially from Great Britain, are like, yeah, the NHS is now funding um, singing lessons for people with depression. Um, or like being like participating in theater groups is now recommends like an NHS mental health guideline okay. for okay. improving a variety of of you know psychological problems and you're like I'm very ambivalent about those things because I'm like great the more people who are singing and the more people are dancing like the better but in a way it, it it's been it's been psychologized you know it's then it's it's dancing in order to slow Parkinson's or it's dancing in order to prevent dementia or it's singing mm -hmm. in order to lessen anxiety rather than the dancing and the singing but I think in our society we need especially like dancing for your health yes. is a very very um, 
convincing argument. You know, you need to mm-hmm. dance because it will make you a healthier human being, which I also full stop believe. But it, yeah. So none of us might know this. It's just a question that I also had this morning about if there's a correlation between less wealthy countries and the amount of people who are actively engaged singing and dancing mm-hmm. and more wealthy countries and the amount of people who are actively engaged singing and dancing. Because yeah. it feels like it could be completely unrelated, but it feels like there's a spectator culture within wealthy countries, even within sport. You don't do it, you watch it. Whereas what you're talking about, even in places where the basic needs are not met, people still find dancing. Right. And I wonder if there's a relationship to like the mindset that one must have to accrue wealth over time and exactly. use financial structures oppressively upon other people. And being in that mindset, which is successful in a global financial system, um, separates you from your impulse to dance. Yeah, I think, I mean, in certainly in kind of Western, Northern Western European countries, there's a lot of, you know, respect given to hard work and making money. But like the suffering version of hard work, hey? Well, the Protestant ideal, <laughs> you know, of like, you're, you should achieve the best things you can with the time that you have. Right. And I definitely consistently encounter people saying, but can you make a living from your job? Okay. Which is a valid question because people know that the arts are not well paid, but yes. it's not a question that I ask other people who have maybe badly paid jobs. If someone's like, I work in a bakery, I wouldn't be like, do you make a living from it? You know, it's, there's something that's like, there's a level of, oh, your job is cool, yeah, right. but there's also a level of kind of disrespect that goes, and I don't mean disrespect in a really aggressive way, but like, there's a lack of respect for it being a real career that should, yeah. that, it, that warrants spending time doing those things. Um, and there's this really amazing book, actually, by Barbara Ehrenreich called Dancing in the Streets. And um, she writes about like this history of collective joy or collective celebration together and how much it was a part of uh, every culture and still is a part of a lot of cultures. But in kind of, I will say, like North America or Western Europe, it's whittled down so much over the years, like from carnivals and street parties and, you know, these things just became like more organised by the church and then like pushed out of the church and then pushed away into the fair and then pushed away again and so it becomes this thing that there's actually very few opportunities for people to really celebrate together like there's just kind of sport and concerts mm. now you rarely have like street parties which is why like things like Mardi Gras are kind of amazing mm. to see because it's something that's not a normal practice anymore that people just spend time singing and dancing and celebrating together um, which also just has a lot to do with like the development of the individual mm. and yeah validating other things your show that you just did here you you were an individual like in the on the stage and then as the person you're embodying and well, we were a mirrored version. There was two of us. There was two of us. Two Merkels. Two of you being yes. one. Doppelt Merkel. We were different aspects. Okay. <laughs> maybe. 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 We yeah, haven't maybe. seen the video. I haven't seen the video yet. You were maybe like a younger looking Merkel. <laughs> Just by the very nature of our faces. 
Yeah, and my diminished makeup skills, I would say. <laughs> I had better contouring. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I just kind of looked like I had to have as like a, a vampire in training and I'd forgotten to like wipe off the blood from my face. <laughs> but I was going for some like deep, deep wrinkles um, from the edges of my mouth so down the, the chin. Okay. Um, which Marco is kind of, kind of known for. Mm. Um, but it wasn't happening with my face. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, she's an individual. She doesn't dance very often, we get the impression. Who was that? Wasn't there some British politician that had like this song they danced out to? Theresa May, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if Merkel picked May. up on that. I know. I mean, there is. We spent a long time looking for videos of her dancing. Okay, but maybe it's not within her Christian it's values. It's not a lot of no. Seemingly, she's she's not a big dancer. The one there's one little like her. The one video that we see her dancing in, she yeah. makes a speech like two minutes later in which she sort of starts the speech of like, today we will celebrate, and tomorrow the rest of us, the people on this stage will get to work. And you kind of, when she says that, you're like, you are standing there and you want it to be tomorrow already, <laughs> and you have had enough of all the celebrating, and you are like ready to get to work. Wow. You yeah. would rather be anywhere yeah. than here. Yeah, there's mm. something that like, in that, there's a kind of a normativeness in her that it makes me think about you know like companies who have these workshops and development and you do like an improvisation workshop for like group building and stuff and she'd be the one in the room being like can we can we just go back to our desks you know like she's like I don't want any of this bullshit I just want to do the fucking job you know but there's a practicality about her physicality also that's just really like I mean it's not really interesting but we got really interested in it because it's so solid you know she has this hand postures that she clearly learned at a certain moment in order to not use extraneous like gesticulation yeah or to like be awkward so it was just like Mm. just hold your hands in the middle and you'll be grand that reminds me of um, on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy there's that bureaucracy species yes whose bodies are just for bureaucracy Bureaucracy. (laughs) yeah they can't stand they can't move very quickly, and then their noses are above their eyes, something weird like that. Like, they come from a planet where there were these creatures that any time you had an idea, you would get hit in the face. <laughs> and so they evolved to not have ideas, basically. Uh, yeah. It's just like loops and loops of bureaucracy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Validation. <laughs> so, um, can, would you mind, like, setting a little bit of context for us about... What happened? Like paint the picture, and then I'd really like to hear about the embodiment of the individual who is supposed to be representing the rest of us. <laughs> like that's her position, I guess. Uh, so we made a piece called Merkel Dances. Um, it's a pseudo fan piece about Angela Merkel mm. and how she moves through her context uh, which could broadly be um, the German political stage and also the international political stage and both of us are Merkel in this piece there are two Merkels and we share this stage as both the German political stage and the world stage is shared with um, 
a kind of corps de ballet of cardboard figurines. Cardboard. Life-size figures. Life-size silhouettes of famous politicians. Hmm. Heads of state that have been part of Merkel's daily life for the last 14 years plus. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. So we have... Um, they're not named, so you kind of... They, I, all of them yeah. are named within the piece, but it's, yeah. their name isn't written on them, so... Okay. So what they share is the, the posturing of their position or something. Yes, they are all... Not entirely coincidentally, they are all men, <laughs> um, these figures. Um, and we have... What do we have? We have Putin and... Berlusconi. Obama. Bush. Trump. Trump. <laughs> Um, Have you seen Seehofer, the Seehofer, uh, Macron, and Schroeder, uh, and Cole. Cole, yeah, the big one. Wow. Yeah, there's nine of them. There's nine of them. <laughs> and there's a and there are our de ballet. I yeah, mean, they're, they're representations of themselves, and so like we get to move them around in relation to her okay. histories with them. Oh right, and yeah. dance with them. But it's not, it's not a history lesson. There's something else at play. There's both... Uh, there's loads of history, though. There's, there's, a, there's a section of... It's, it's very informative, There's a actually. little kind of CV moment, but it's oh. in relation to these figures. Okay. So one of the things that I was really interested in um, was somehow, like, looking at this socio-political choreography. Mm -hmm. if, you put, if choreography is putting things in relation to each other, it's yes. like, how has she negotiated the, her choreography? choreographic path yes. of the last 14 plus years wow. in this field. Well, like you said, some coaching. Yeah, she some coaching. And then everything else fell into I mean, place. one of the things that's so, that we kind of found really interesting is that she's, she does a lot of waiting. She like lets people talk themselves into trouble. And she's also called like Teflon Angie. You know, it's like things just don't really? stick. She's just like, mm -hmm. And that she also... <laughs> like you do. Is that a German thing? No, like is she, she's not indicative of no. the people she's representing. I mean, I think ah, you don't you didn't mean like a thing of German politicians. Um, I think that there is, it's it's breaking now, but within Germany there is still the notion that I think a lot of other people have lost in in, in various parts of the world that you can be a politician and be a conscientious, a conscientiously working politician. Like there is a certain amount of trust in the work of politicians that they are that they're trying to do a good job, right. um, which I think is like one of those sort of trust 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 issues um, that is really very conflicted now in quite a lot of places, and it's also yeah. causing quite a lot of damage to yeah. to democratic institutions because if you lose the faith that anyone working in the political field is trying to do anything good, then of course it doesn't make sense that those people are your government. And of course, like that's the situation in most countries. At least where I come from, nobody has any interest in the politicians. You know, you either work for them or you hate them because there's no sense that anybody is anything but corrupt. Yeah. And at least here there's some sense that you that there's people who are corrupt and they get caught out. You yeah, know, and, 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 and Merkel... I think does lend herself to this examination because I mean I believe that she is a conscient like she's w trying you know 
not that definitely does not mean I agree with all of her policies, but like this this representation of someone that can be said to be trying. Right, she's working. That she's actually doing her job. And yeah. do you think that she would think that you're working? It's a really interesting question. I mean, I would love if she had come to see the show and then be like, this is really valid or this is a total waste. Like, I'd love to kind of get some I, readings. I suspect I expect, she would. I'm really curious as to how she would. I mean, I feel like having given the speech that I give as part of the show, <laughs> that she would be like, Kunst ist ein, like, bedeutender Ausdruck unseres gesellschaftlichen Zusammenseins. Art is a meaningful expression of our societal togetherness. togetherness. Also, I think that she would, because we, we looked at her over quite a long period of time um, as someone who at least has always this is the narrative about her that she was she is and was very awkward she's not someone who seeks the spotlight and you definitely see through her time in the public eye mm. that she has gained a mastery of it so i think that she might very well have an appreciation of Performing. what does it mean to perform something oh, right. because it's very very clear that she has had to like take the hard way to learning right. how to perform herself but Neither of you. It was natural to you in your careers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, get me on stage. Yeah. I got work to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think it's like, I don't know, if you asked us on Friday evening, me, or Saturday evening, you, there, maybe there's like slightly different answer. It's like, why am I doing this? Oh, who's here? What do I do? I need to boo. But, but then afterwards, there's like such a lovely bump of adrenaline yes, mm. and a feeling of having given birth to a thing mm. that was an idea that became a thing that people saw and that exists in the world and that you're then talking about you know wow. and there's there's something that's very validating about that creating something out of nothing but synapses in your brain and shit you've read places and seen and the silhouettes <laughs> and expensive silhouettes <laughs> yeah. So can you just turn it on now? Can you turn on Merkel mannerisms? I should be able to, considering it was only yesterday. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, I think it's it's a whole oh, you could be theater, a spy. though. You know, it's like, well, I, I'm a pretty good spy anyway, because I'm... Uh, yeah, you're a terrible spy. You just admitted you're being a spy. I've been doing that for years. Radio. <laughs> and so it's like, you, people will never look. It's true. Mm. It's James, it's James Bond. And then I keep saying that. Yeah. And then people think it's even less likely that I'm a spy. No, I just, I'm very easily disguised. This is the thing. People don't recognize how I look ever. They always oh. recognize my voice. So this would be the... Is that like there's, there's a general middle of the ground? Common like looking. Hair, hair length and color and nose size and eye it, Yeah, just like boring I feel like the same face way. face. Mm. <laughs> but every time I change my hair. No, but it means that if I put on a Merkel wig... Which oh. I cut myself because we couldn't find Merkel wigs, which is bizarre. Would it you not bizarre. think that there'd be loads of leader of the country wigs? Yeah, I uh, remember even for Halloween there was like Obama masks and Trump masks. And where is Angela Merkel? You can find Angie masks. Oh, you just can't find their wigs. Mm. Well, what is a face without the wig? Without the hair. Yeah. 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 So I mean, yeah, I think there's there's a whole thing that like once you put on a wig and you put on a jacket, okay, and you have a little bit of the comportment there's 
a suspension of disbelief that happens within yes. the audience to well, a certain degree. Exactly. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, great, you actually are really like her. So I don't know if I really am or if I'm it's just lucky enough that people... Uh, you're not really like her, no, are like in your, in your no. normal In your normal thing, but you're very convincing on the stage uh, as her. But I think I was... <laughs> I was anyway, thinking, yeah, but the head does. But I was thinking when you asked the question, yeah. when you asked the question, I wasn't thinking of like, oh, can I now do like an efficient Merkel impersonation? I was more thinking of like, have I learned something from sort of studying her tactics? Mm. Mm, okay, no, I was not. I was a okay. bit more shallow. Than that. <laughs> no, no, I was really like, but yeah. now I'm interested. I mean, know. because I, I kind of, you know, I am into this very idiosyncratic way she has of dealing with her power and exactly this yes. thing of like waiting for other people to fuck up yeah and I mean I would just rather tell people to their face that they're fucking up and I so think it works I have well. zero patience <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like <laughs> exactly. learning how well but, this can but work but now I'm just, just like yeah pressure. just like wait yeah. and don't say anything and even when they try and bait you just be like hmm and just and I'm like I, I wonder if there are opportunities that I can test this skill um, I'm sure they will arise and I doubt in that moment I will be able to recognize like this is one of those opportunities where you should keep your mouth shut mm. uh, and but that's, that's the hard thing to tell yourself when actually you want to tell the other person yes <laughs> maybe that's where the conundrum lies exactly like too quickly just like but you should have yeah but, but she's just she 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 just so we read something about i think it was the new yorker thing is she's someone who um under promises and over delivers that's okay. and of course that's a political Which is strategy very strange as a politician because they're known for the other thing you know yeah and sometimes you need to over promise to get in the door well, for performers, that's all we do is, is overpricing and like, That's literally is. just. That's how you get That's paid. what our job is. <laughs> um, is to overpromise and then, of course, also overdeliver. Um, mm. Yes, which we do every time. Yeah, and out, like, externalize the cost of doing that <laughs> to your family and partners. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of those, like, like invisible. Public health system. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something that's very Aikido about that thing where she's just like waiting yes. for the stumble and just like uses their own energy that they're you know to wow, just like floor them and this i really like because she's she look nimble is not the word that comes no, to mind no. but in your description politically extremely aware and nimble yeah right? yeah mm. seemingly so so there's there's this um like an what the opposite of correlation there's a kind of a disjoint between her political choreographic pathway and her physiological movement. You know? Okay, She's and like, which, how do you how in do some you ways. work out which one is more integral to your performance piece? I mean, they both make it in there. I mean, they both make it in there, and I would say that it's not because we do talk a lot in this performance. So, but what we don't maybe talk about so much as demonstrate is how she performs being an awkward person like an awkward mover in contrast to your sort of classic alpha male power posing yeah. i mean 
Putin yeah. is like being being photographed yeah. with his shirt off on and like riding a bear, a bear. Yeah. through a yeah, yeah. and a submarine um, and in a river <laughs> in a river <laughs> and like you gotta feed the bear. she's on crutches in the parliament because she managed to like break her pelvis while cross country like, cross country okay. skiing at she's low speeds speed <laughs> low speeds yeah wow. and like her own her own press release about that was like she fell and broke her pelvis at what we are assume, assume are low speeds so she like makes a joke of her own physical wow. vulnerability which wow. is is and i mean i think it's a super lame thing but it it happened it worked, to hillary yeah. of course like it always gets called into question especially with women of like yeah but what if she just gets sick and dies you're like, yeah, that can happen, but that yeah. doesn't necessarily have anything to do with whether you are able to run a country or not. No. Um, but then the physicality, like, did you think about going cross-country skiing at low speed? No. <laughs> global warming, there was no opportunity. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, we didn't quite have the funding to, like, provide for that excursion. Okay. But did you time. think about hitting her up for some funds directly? Like, just texting her on WhatsApp. Why did we and not? Being like, Angler. No, this was like phase one, you Tell know. Tell her it's an homage. So now we can send her the video and be like, here's the first chapter. Did you ever see of- any footage of her family? You know how people often move in of the same way as their siblings or parents because that's where they learn to move? No. Hmm. No. But then her. I don't know if she has any. Like, her parents are dead. And- I mean, she has her husband. Yeah, she has her like husband and his two children, but she doesn't have like siblings that I've ever heard about. I didn't look it up either. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen her out with her parents. Did you do yet. little performances for each other, like pick up something that she does, and then it became like an inside joke, like this wave? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what What's your favorite ones? Because I even knew. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my favorite thing was when we were putting on our costumes and the wigs basically do oh, yes. not really look like her at all okay. but I did my best job um, but they're the wrong colour and the wrong shape but it's but fine it's, it's, um, but, but we we like got the jacket on we had our like shitty wigs on and one of the actors in the other show was like ah Merkel <laughs> <laughs> Now, maybe he'd seen that the show was called Merkel Dances, but I'd like to believe not. Yes. <laughs> because in some ways, I just feel like he turned around and went, oh, there's Angela Merkel. Yeah, People dressed in us, you know. Um, yeah, somehow it's exactly this thing of the like little head nod, like sticking her head in. And this moment where we turn to each other and have the first small wave. Yeah. This is the first moment where like yeah. the audience really like, how do I mean, giggle? Like, because there's something that's really, I mean, we've been really alpha before that moment. Okay. And then this is a, like a kind of a moment of transformation. And then people are like, I don't know, like <laughs> jollied by it or something. They're like, oh, cute. You know? I, I think this turtling, I think of it as turtling like this, like bringing, bringing your head back and kind of it's a humble what's sort of the, thing. What's the process to come up with this vocabulary and like naming it? And things like that? I mean, you're just watching lots of videos and then words just Doing emerge because you're like, <laughs> when you do that, you know, turtling thing. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, they name themselves somehow. Although that is one of my favorite thing about about rehearsal processes in general and making dance is always like... The weird language. By the invent. end of, of a process, you have your own language that mm. is really impenetrable for... For outsiders, yeah. when you're like, oh, do that, yeah. Okay, so after the Merkeling, when we go into the asymmetrical demobilization section, <laughs> and yeah. then you're doing the turtling, well, 
Okay, I think the dog should happen for a little longer. <laughs> yeah, and we should fondle more, but don't forget... <laughs> don't forget the double blink before the head nod. Yeah. But, uh, but it's all... It's not... Um, it's not impenetrable as a piece. That you take care for that. No, I mean, it's no. a short piece. We, we made something that was 30 minutes, and so there's not so much time for it to what be... What a good length. Mm, yeah. So I'm like... I watch a TV show with no ads. It's about 25, 28. I'm like, I could do a theater yeah. like that. Yeah. We're making dance for the new generation. We, we love editing, both of us. Yeah, we are. Like That's, cutting, basically. Yeah, yeah we're, we're not we're like, so into long, like long sections boring. of things. <laughs> Everyone else is like, you could do that for longer. We're like, okay, but that is that, that, that's what, that is pretty rare, I would say, in the Berlin scene. How do you Many do people like to go for length, really yeah. long, really, yeah. really long. Well, that's when it becomes something. If it's in yeah. the middle, it's annoying. Right. Mm. So you're like doing something short, or you're doing something long. Yes. If you do something for twelve and a half minutes, you really should have a good reason for it. You know. Yeah. So, do you think that the hour-long show was for? Why did that happen? And why is it okay now to do a half-hour show? Well, I think there's a lot of different answers to that question, but one of the things is that, like, it was so much more acceptable to have a five-hour opera or two-and-a-half-hour oh. opera or show before okay. because you that's an evening of entertainment. There's nothing evening. wrong with something being long. Right. It's only more recently that we have much more, much shorter well, we've attention got, spans. We've got options now. And so plays that were written a long time ago, there was no need for them to be an hour long. Okay. You know, and you're still looking at like a Shakespearean kind of like proposal of like four, five, six acts. I would say, um, it's, I would say it's actually, it just has to do, okay, this is my, my, my take on it would be that it's just a capitalist thing that it's cheaper. A shorter show about, is cheaper. Why? A shorter show is cheaper because, no, a longer, like an hour length yes. is sort of the thing that you can sell as an evening length show and you don't have to offer anything else and if you think of sure, like but what the question is why an hour and not why why not half an hour or two hours you know like what's the hour about because I think that the hour is like the minimum length that somehow it's a full evening that this is a full evening it's just not at all a full evening you guys like you have to yeah, really yeah. just like I get used to the yes, fact that you believe that an hour is now a full evening when it absolutely is not it feels no like but in comparison if you look like this dance concert tradition like yeah. it's also available like when you look at what what Merce Cunningham was producing in the 1960s like you would do dance concerts of like 10 different short dance pieces yeah. of five different choreographers feature, featuring 15 different dance artists yeah. and now you have like a one hour show with three people on stage and you're like ooh this is an evening length right. yes of course it's like evening length is sort of arbitrary it, but, but I feel like it's the compromise between like the institutions and, and the artists of like what is what is the shortest possible amount in terms of like labor for the artist and the, sh the, the shortest thing that we can still call an evening length piece is somehow It's good to see that you disagree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gently. And work together. What, <laughs> what else do you disagree about? I mean, Everything. <laughs> one of my favorite memories of, of hanging out with Gareth is standing at a bar yes. in Paris, yes. drinking a whole bottle of wine, disagreeing for the whole bottle of wine. It probably took us two and a half hours. Which was an evening length because I would call that an evening length. <laughs> That's like why. a good evening. But like we we tend to have generally the same outlook on something and then a disagreement within it. But we're both also just very contrarian. Totally. So even if we agree on something, someone is going to find something that they disagree on just so we Do can. Do you remember what that evening was about? 
No. Do you? Something Sexism. political. Sexism. Yeah. Me Do you too. want to talk about? Oh, that? Was it was me too. Cool. Oh no. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> it was about anything? me too. I mean, we were also drunk, but it was about. God, it was about it was two and a half hours. We can cover also a lot of ground. <laughs> Yeah. So, but at no point does it does it ever feel like. Of course, it's personal. Like it comes from like personal feelings, mm-hmm. but it never gets into somewhere where I feel like I'm annoyed with you as a person. Or yeah. you know, we can then be like, well, that one is done. Let's go, and then like move on, which is really good in a working scenario because because sometimes you're... I get very emotional. Why? Because it's work. Like it's. I think what working be- is because. Do you mean emotional because you care about the thing and you think you think it should be a different way, or just because you're in the act of embodiment and so the that latter. sparks all the yeah. shit? Totally. I mean, when I'm singing and dancing and working and having ideas, like yeah. all of the stuff is opening, you know. And yeah. sometimes that also opens a box where you're like, I just need a second <laughs> to put it back in. The yeah. Box. Yeah. Well, actually, I just take it out and I put oh. it on the floor. And right. like, leave that there. Right. right. And like, actually, we're just used to each other now. So she's like, great, I don't need to like worry about that. That's on the floor. <laughs> She'll be fine in a second. Do you think it's a kind of fun activity to dissect something and interrogate it over a bottle of wine? But you're not necessarily required to... Um, take product from the end like you don't need to reach an understanding or an agreement or a, like yeah it's, I it's, I mean drinking a bottle of wine and discussing things <laughs> <laughs> so I'm never going to not say that's fun I'm never going to say that's not fun um, for sure that's brilliant but like that is also already a process of something happening you huh. know like I do love making work Yes. But that is also like a very valid way of spending time and making work. Yes. And I also think it generates a part of of your relationship that goes into how you work, how you see the world, how you learn from each other. That like I don't I don't separate um work and non work time in the same way that other people do a lot of the time, I think. And how do you care about people that want to? In what sense? I mean, how do you want to keep having this discussion that you're churning through, but know that the person that you're spending time with, housemate, partner, whatever, they want you to just put it down when you enter the house. (laughs) And it would be considerate to do that, but you actually are not being truthful to yourself if you do do that. It depends. Like, I very much love having lengthy conversations and discussions, but only if the other person also wants to have right. the lengthy conversations. Consent. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to go down that road, you know? I don't want to... Uh, yeah, I don't notice that as easily, I think, as Kathy does. Yeah. Like, if I have Maybe a thing not. that I need to get off my chest, I will talk at someone. Does this mm. come back yeah. to the, having the idea and then making the show? I think in a way Looking you're like this thing is, is happening now yeah, yeah, and so I'm going to keep is, pushing it very, through the keel <laughs> yeah I mean I've made I think one, one woman a friend of mine was like having a gluten free moment like a, a week or a month or a yeah meal. and I made her cry because I just like wouldn't stop talking about like, <laughs> much bullshit gluten is <laughs> about like inter- interrogating her about like why she's doing it and like questioning like how did we live so long with or without grain or like and it's one of those things where it's like yeah choose your battles Kareth it doesn't really matter what someone else does mm. 
mm. with their diet. Um, but that was me having a moment. Yeah, except my, my auntie so, um, breeds cattle for beef and she takes issue with halal meat on the basis that the cattle suffers when they're being butchered. Like there's a bleed out process. Yeah, yeah. And so she's fully come to terms with the fact that you'll breed an animal to its full size and then slaughter it. But she doesn't think it should suffer. And so she does take um, issue. And I think that's where it gets murky. Like some things we should take issue with. Yeah. And that's the thing. There's like actually very little in the world is black and white. And almost nothing really is, you know. It's like you're always going to come down against like some Mm. shades of opinion. And then it's this thing of like, well, what is the point that you're trying to argue? And where do you like back off? Yeah, and where do you have an argument or where do you make a show? Yeah, it's choosing your battles. Although I would say that this this, this kind of fun, uh, feeds into what you were just saying about like drinking a bottle of wine and discussing things. Yeah. Like, I'm definitely someone who thinks as they speak. You know, other people need to like yes. sit down in a corner and like write something down okay. or other people need to go have a shower thought moment or like whatever. And there are some people, mm. most of a lot of my epiphanies that we were talking about earlier, um, definitely come while I'm just like listening to the melodious sound of my own voice, which is embarrassing, <laughs> uh, but it's true. But it's the process of taking a cloud of concept and making it linear enough to put into words that you can into yeah. somebody else's brain yeah but it's but also the physical practice yeah i mean it is like speaking is a very specific physical practice yeah i mean you're lining up the ideas yeah. in a way you know yeah, it's to like taking this out. thing for a walk yeah. but is there a physical practice of movement physical practice as well that leads you to epiphanies Or do you just like see it all fully formed and then go and get the wigs and put them on? <laughs> no, I mean, physical practice, I don't have like a, a dedicated dance practice that this is like my dance thinking time, but like the rehearsal mm. space with other people. Yes. And so that's why I think there is a sort of certain certain analogy happening with like wine and a chat is not drinking whiskey by myself and holding a monologue there is like implicit another person part of wine in a chat and for me rehearsing and creating work with people Mm. is a physical practice um, because you're navigating bodies and subjectivities Um, so yeah Yeah. sure like most of the epiphanies come through just working (laughs) and I think that's something that we really share actually because like trying to get through my masters and be in the studio on my own working through ideas whether without wine or whiskey it was really difficult <laughs> did you try you know? out the whiskey in the no, studio no I don't think so okay. I was like a big nerd that year okay and so well maybe I'm also remembering wrongly <laughs> <laughs> you know I might have just burned those memories out with uh-huh. the whiskey but I it definitely I'm so much more inspired when I'm with other people that's what like a working environment is is for me and that's exciting being able to test being able to see what you are based on the response that you get yeah well I don't know for me it's very clear that like I don't I don't feel like I have a very particular 
like solo essence, I feel like things are always exist in relation to something else. Yes. So I don't really need to go off and be like, what do I mean? Who am I on my own? Yeah, but like, of the... course, there's, there's just loads of time to do that. Like I am on my own a lot, but somehow the being in relation to somebody else and sharing your ideas with somebody else, like that reverb and that bouncing things around is where stuff exists for me and the capacity to think with someone else is like such a basic sort of skill for like the interpreter or the performer side of things when you're working in like maybe a more hierarchical setting Mm. um but it is like a very distinct gift um in terms of like finding your way into someone else's work or a realm of ideas and think productively, thinking productively with someone else's shit. Mm. Uh, it's a very generous practice. And it's also like one of those things when people are like, so what is one of your skills? <laughs> I'm like that thinking with, you know, it's not just being critical and it's not just yeah. um, always sticking to your own ideas no it really feels like this thing of like bricks you know like Mm. you put down the first one the next person puts the next one and then you put like the one on top that would never have been there beforehand um yeah yeah, that you could never quite get to the place that you want to get to on your own I mean people do but like there needs to be enough trust that once you put all those bricks up if someone comes in and be like look I was thinking about that bottom brick it's got to go right yeah and then you start again and then or also just like how how the fuck do you negotiate like getting rid of a foundational stone kind of thing you know it's like what a, do we have to like there was a moment where we were like are we remaking the whole show <laughs> what do you do in that situation take a pause eat some cake <laughs> Yeah, you think about it. It's also often a pragmatic choice. Right. I think also that's why I like rehearsal because it's it's very practical. So like, okay, right. we could take the whole show down and make it into a solo two days before we're supposed mm-hmm. to premiere. We could, and that is a possibility that we could have done. And then we're like, actually, but that would just be a lot more work for an outcome that we're not really sure of. So why would we do that at that moment? Yeah, and that's like a good reason not becomes, to do it. It becomes a really practical question then of like, how much time do we have? How much yes. better is this thing going to be? Like, yes. do you have a better show? Do you have enough time? Like, what's the... And I also feel it's a little bit like going for a walk. You know, you have, you've built these sections of ideas and then you just need to kind of walk around them a mm. bit. And then it's like, okay, well, like, how do we walk around this way? And then what is it if this happens? And, you know, it's like things are built at a certain point. And then it's just like how you circumnavigate them. Do you feel like you're done with Angela now? I don't know, actually. I mean, there was so much talk in the last two days about, well, the next time you do it now, and like, we've had this idea that we didn't quite make it, and maybe it'll be longer. So like, I don't know, I just never know. I feel a bit like... Every time I do something, it happens like the one time or once again afterwards. Right. So just out of habit, it's like, oh no, that show's done. But actually, I would like it not to be. But I'd you, love to have like, a chance to do this again. You have more questions? Definitely. How far can we continue to move into 
a fictional landscape. Right. And like yeah. setting up the the reality and then the fictions. Like she becomes the Chancellor for Mars or something. <laughs> starts yeah, the Mars base. just like cute. Actually starts getting it on with Macron. Like, or actually, you know, like... Turns Putin down for going to the prom. You yeah, know? and starts like a third world war on the basis of unrequited love. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's that. There's also just the very, you know, it's just fun to show it to more people. Yes. Totally. And I think we, we showed this now. This was um, in the fanfic, fanfic festival of Bauhaus Ost. So there are all lots of pieces, most of them premieres, about fan fiction, right. being a fan, um, which is very convenient for the context of this piece. But I'm right. super interested to understand how this works in a context that is not related to yeah. fandom. Yeah. Um, because actually, like, the work that was here was all kind of weird and wonderful and bizarre, and it... it yeah, it's a very particular... There were some of the costumes that I saw on the way up? Or... Yes, okay, awesome. I was lots excited of, by Lots that. of wigs. <laughs> lots of wigs. <coughs> but, okay. Yeah, just really, like... There's a kind of... We were talking, I was just thinking about, like, the difference between somebody's, like, art idea and then fan fiction, that there's yes. something that is a bit, like, cool about this kind of ego world and something that's just, like, really genuine and nerdy about... Yeah. Fan fiction, of course, those things like collide and then there's a spectrum. But there's something that I really enjoyed about being in this space of like kind of nerding up on somebody yeah. and then seeing how you could play with it in, yeah. in a dance space. And I think a lot of the pieces reflect that. It's a very playful yeah. festival, playful and generous. Which is also something that's really dear to me, the things like have a desire to connect with the audience in a way that is also entertaining even mm. if it's not just that yes that there's a an opening and a welcoming do you have um other questions that you haven't worked out yet in relation to this piece no. or in relation to the whole of life yeah like i guess you're going to keep making work <laughs> oh yeah well that's also a question <laughs> <laughs> That is, that's my, my most frequent artistic crisis. It's okay. like, what am I doing with my life? Okay. But there's things that are really that I know are really important to me. Right. And those things are the importance of touch and movement. Yes. Uh, like tactile touch, but also touching people with work, yes. you know. Um, and I'm very interested in the kind of collaborative space with other artists but also with an audience like how to generate something together things that are participatory things that are like an event yes so no matter what job I do I know I always want to be but, playing and playing together with people okay. but in not some like manner. a team building in a corporate environment probably not that <laughs> okay but I, I don't know Maybe quite, people don't quite nerd out enough do they no I mean it's this thing it's of like, like I don't like the idea of forcing people to do something that they don't want to do yes. again back to the consent thing but sometimes people need to be encouraged a bit yeah. to do something that's a little bit out of their or comfort zone. Or excited. Yes. Yes. And to generate that space where people are like, ooh, it's a bit and now I'm yay. Then is, are great. there questions that you want to apply that methodology to? Yeah, but it's, it's more like what are the correct contexts to work right. on things? Yes. 
in that way. Like, form is the thing that I'm kind of most enraptured by somehow. And I think that, like, at different moments in time, the thing that you're interested in, like the content, shifts. Mm. But somehow how I want to be in operation with something is the longer thing, which also will shift, but that's the thing that sticks a bit more. Basically, I just always want to be hanging out drinking wine with people and getting paid for it. <laughs> you were never paid for drinking wine. <laughs> you were never paid for that. No, but you know what I mean? Somehow to be like in communion mm. and in communication with people while you share something, whether it's like stories or tea or art or touch. Preferably somehow with the body and space and time. Time. Very important. I'm just going to keep making dance pieces um, <laughs> and not concern myself with that as a form. But that's also, I've always been pretty clear about that. Like, right. like yeah. you know, in the, when you're a student and everyone is off doing durational installations or making a book or making a something. And I was like, I need the theater because I'm going to make this dance piece. And I think it just gave me a lot of security to be like this is what I do yeah well, and less, less competition as well and if, if no one else is using the theater right because <laughs> it's not cool yeah yeah and because I'm on a couch somewhere <laughs> yeah I mean you just have to and we talk about like stability versus lability a lot Kathy and I and I think like making choices of like this is the frame of the work that yes. I make can be very liberating. I don't say it's for everyone, and I think, like, please, by all means, go make your durational installation. If, Or, even better, like, really question the form of the type of work you're making each and every time you make a work. Yeah. Um, but I think that for me... I mean, I have made, actually, durational installations. <laughs> um, and is that because like, the, I, it was more useful? That form was more useful? Exactly. Right. Like, that was, like, a very specific um, piece, but, like, it's... it's, it's Longer just, than an evening length work. Yes, yes. <laughs> and something about exhaustion. Yeah, still the exhaustion of, 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 yeah, going on and on. Right. But that's it. But, you know, I make dance pieces or theater pieces mm. coming back to the beginning um, because for me that's the format that I found where I can actually think through everything that interests me productively and as I am at a total loss to figure out how I would be able to do that in any other way um, I must continue doing this do you know <laughs> why apart from that you must Mm. I, sorry, it's more of a question that you said you. This is the way that you think, and then I guess the question that that follows that is why? What do you? Why is it important to keep thinking about stuff? What are you thinking about? Okay, what am I thinking about? Um, not very much right now. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> just on the spot. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm thinking about. Uh, doesn't I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about 
the imminent collapse of civilization for yeah. a variety of factors. I'm yeah. thinking about the disenfranchisement with our political and democratic establishments. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about ways of being together mm. um, as a mode of resisting exactly that that slow decay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about fake news. I'm thinking about why don't people know who their neighbors are in Berlin? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not obviously not the only person thinking about all of these things, um, but they're things that can be thought about and also healed in the theater setting. And I really believe that. And I know that in a way, theater is never going to have the same social meaning that it once was or at mm. least it's very unlikely but I still think that for the people who have been affected by it in, in, in sort of foundational ways like I have god this sounds like an AA meeting like you keep coming back to that space of imminent experience mm. and somebody just keeps coming back into this room yes, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah and actually that's the thing that, that um, comes to mind a lot when people talk about whether it's important or not or how much worth or value performance making has and I keep thinking about the other people who do it the people who I know who make work and how they're just the best people <laughs> they're just like so advanced and they're like social ideals whatever and it's like okay well maybe every show that we make won't change everybody in the audience but the more people who are involved in a practice of creative playing yes. with each other and looking at the world the better the place will be mm. and so in that way like we just have to keep doing it and mm. keep teaching people that they're allowed to do it in the way that they want okay another anecdote from the leftists is that once I had this like leftist activist just like come up to me and be like why don't you make film mm -hmm. and I was like I had like I had no idea what I said to him then but like my comeback now is like yeah but political meetings you don't have video Skype in rallies right that's not a thing yet mm. um, like there is something that is like severely underestimated about bodies being having to share physical space and um, yeah and there's no replacement for that no somehow. there's no replacement for that put your body on the streets word yeah put your body on the stage <laughs> um, beautiful Anything else? I mean, I'm inspired. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jay. And you don't even have to vote for her. We're not like, she's not we doing it again, you know? So it's like... Well, and we can't vote not. for her anyway. <laughs> yeah. We also can't vote. <laughs> we also can't vote. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is lovely. Thank you. <laughs>